and welcome to the Sensory Matters podcast with Loz. Today I'm joined by Emily at, tw- uh, at from 21 and Sensory. Hi Emily. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing well thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah I'm really looking forward to catching up with you because um, I didn't do the last podcast with you. I think it was Jenny mm-hmm. um, and we chat quite often on um, Instagram but it's nice to actually chat to somebody really. Yeah in person yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And obviously, I follow a lot of what you do. I, I love what you do, to be honest. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm very much a visual person. Mm-hmm. So when I see your images, they just they go straight to my brain. It, it makes like a, God, my words aren't coming out well today. You can tell it's a late one. <laughs> um, when I see your images, it's like if somebody, if I was reading something, it takes such a long time to process. Mm-hmm. Where with your images... I get it straight away. So a lot of your images will explain different sensory issues like um, proprioception, mm-hmm. taste, all that sort of thing. When I look at your images and it's like, yeah, I get that straight away. Thank you. So that's, that's, what, that's what I love about them. Plus, do you draw them yourself? Is that actually your... Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're a graphic designer. Yeah. But I do know some graphic designers that can't draw. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there are certain things I can and can't draw, so I tend to avoid drawing people because I I just can't draw people. But the rest of it, yeah, it's me. <laughs> They're absolutely amazing, um, and I did see that you'd done some work for BBC Bite Size. I did. Yeah, that was super exciting. It was, um, yeah, to do with um, summer holidays and getting ready for exam results, and also there should be another one coming out soon as well which is more like sensory based so that'll be exciting to see on their channel so yeah it was really nice to work with them and obviously I used be- like BBC Bite Size when I was revising for my own GCSEs and A-levels so it's kind of weird to come back round in a cycle to like working for them. <laughs> yeah I think it's um it's nice to be asked isn't it? Yeah yeah definitely. Because obviously, I think I think your graphics are amazing. There's loads of people out there who think your graphics are amazing. But when somebody like BBC Bite Size comes and says, "Can you do something for us?" Yeah, that must be quite exciting. Yeah, it was really exciting, and also especially for me because I'm not hugely academic. The fact that they appreciate stuff kind of visually and not just, you know, I struggled with exams and actually, you know, to be asked by yeah something kind of education-based is quite yeah. exciting. I, I struggled with exams as well. <laughs> yeah. Struggle, like I said, I struggle with learning. So I can yeah. learn on a job or mm-hmm. visually, but I really struggle with class-based stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've noticed as well that you've been working with Sensory Street. I have. Yeah. That's also been really interesting. So that's, um, yeah, it's an Oxford University um, research project, essentially. Yeah. And um yeah, we're hoping to um, build essentially our own sensory street. It's kind of in the name. <laughs> um, That's incredible because I think a lot of the people that I speak to, it's usually autism based or ADHD based, but there's never, there's not many people just sensory. Yeah. Like the senses come into everything, but it's usually like autism. Mm-hmm. I think so it's nice to speak to somebody that's doing things about the senses because I find, because you, were you diagnosed with autism after sensory processing? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. So sensory processing came first for me in my life. And then, so kind of age eight and then 25 was when I got my autism diagnosis. So all I really had was sensory stuff to go on. So I think that's probably why I'm more sensory based is because that's what I knew first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what a lot of people don't realise is how how much the senses are involved in being autistic. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I was diagnosed autistic and I didn't realise my sensory challenges until he brought them up in the 
the discussion that we were having, he was like, oh, how do you cope with this? How do you cope? And I was like, oh, I don't. And he went, you have some real big sensory challenges here. But I think I'd just compressed them so much yeah, to not make them a thing. Mm-hmm. But they're really like they're around every day, all the time. Mm-hmm. It's weird how you come to realise them. Like for me, it was kind of before the autism and for you, it was kind of after knowing that you're autistic. And yeah. it, I always find that really interesting to see like how much of a kind of sensory diet people have and that sort of thing so yeah it's interesting to hear <laughs> yeah because I think since I've been diagnosed and I've realized my sensory needs I mm-hmm. do a lot more for my senses than I've ever done before mm-hmm. where before I used to push myself too much yeah and put myself in situations that I can avoid now mm-hmm. because I feel like not not like I've got an excuse but I've got a reason mm-hmm. and before I felt like I was just being silly yeah I know what you mean. Like, now you feel more valid for... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get you. (laughs) Um, And actually, one of the things that you posted recently, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, about um, sensory overload in an office. Yes. Oh, that resonated with me so much because I used (laughs) to work in an office. Okay. um, And it was way before I was diagnosed or anything. And I had all these sensory sensitivities, that everything that you'd put in that graphic, basically. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, this is exactly how it is. And people don't realise. and I was very lucky in my office. I was allowed to like listen to music and go into a, a quiet office. But if there wasn't a quiet office or I had to share with somebody, um, I think the main one for me was there's, you had a picture of the phone and it was people would just ring you and they're going to just come and chat to you straight away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you're in an office, you just can't avoid anybody. They're just there. Exactly. You can't, you can't make an excuse because you're there to be kind of seen, which yeah. is not great <laughs> yeah so when I saw that I was like oh yeah that's just my life before now because luckily I, I'm you know work from home I do this this is really good but before I've, I've always been office based mm-hmm. um and it's all the things like people bringing in food and little yeah. parties because someone's having a birthday yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so it's just a nightmare isn't it really all these little things just add up and just are so overwhelming I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you can relate <laughs> but bad that you've had the experience too <laughs> yeah I think I'm glad now that I don't um, because I, I feel like my, my senses are more heightened mm-hmm. than they ever used to be. I don't know if it's while I'm getting older. I have seen a lot of women who say as they get older, their sensory sensitivities get worse. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's what's happening to me, but I definitely feel more affected by my senses as I get older. Mm-hmm. I think if I worked in an office now, I'd really struggle. Yeah. And especially if you've been out of that kind of routine for a while, to go back yeah. into that would be horrible. <laughs> yeah. So you work in an office? I do, yeah. I I do work in an open plan office usually, and we're just starting yeah, but, to go back now. Right, so how, how is that going to affect you, going from working from home to going back <sighs> to an office base? It's going to affect me a lot. <laughs> I've tried to um, negotiate with work, like how much I can work from home, because I've proven over the past 18 months that I, you know, I really can work yeah. from home effectively, and I can be trusted to work from home, but... I think they're very interested in having, you know, bums on seats and being able to see people working, which I yeah. really disagree with. If I can work from home well, I don't see why I need to be in. But um, yeah, at the moment, I think I'm just going to do one day a week and see if I can get away with that. Yeah. And when I say get away with it, it's not like I'm not going to be working the rest of the time. So it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> see, I think that's the thing, because I've always worked from home. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep seeing things on Facebook, like uh, employers upset because employees are just sat watching loose women and I'm like Mm. well I've worked from home for about 10 years now and I don't sit and watch loose women no exactly that's a small majority of people like small minority even um yeah yeah, and I think that 
kind of lets down the rest of you know all the people who are actually working well <laughs> yeah yeah it's annoying so you've, you've, you've enjoyed working from home then yeah definitely yeah. I think it's it works so much better for me in terms of like you said from that like um drawing that I did like all those little things that people bring into the office or people that want to pop by like it's much easier for me to go off like written sort of um instructions and things like that because I can refer back to them whereas a conversation I can easily forget um, yeah. but I appreciate that you know face-to-face meetings are still important every so often but for me I just do things so much quicker via email <laughs> well I think sometimes that working from home is more productive than being in an office because I remember uh, lots of breaks to sort of make teas and coffee go and chat find out how everyone's weekend's been people come into my office to do the same mm. and there was always something that took you away from your work yeah where as home there's none of that distraction exactly and especially noise wise people just have conversations around you all the time and it's like if you're trying to write something, I'm, I'm the sort of person that needs silence. <laughs> yeah, and my office had a radio on as well. So you'd have the radio uh, on, plus people talking, plus people on the phone. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And that's why I used to put headphones in, because luckily my job was um, data-based, so I could just, you know, put my head down and, and crack okay. on with that. That's good. <laughs> I was going to say, without that, that's a lot of, like, stuff to filter, isn't it? It is a lot, Yeah. yeah. Um, so the other thing that I, I spotted was um, that you were an ambassador for Borrow My Doggy. Yeah, that's more recent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because yeah. Oh, I've got a dog and you've got a dog. Yeah. So my I've moved out from my parents' place, but my parents have a dog. Yeah. So I've grown ah. up with one and I'm just really missing him. So right, that explains it then. Do you know, I, yeah. I know a couple of people that, that have done that when they've gone to uni. Yeah, it's great. Join Borrow My Doggy. It's so good. And especially because like I want to own my own sausage dog one day. So it's almost like I can kind of trial a breed before yeah. I make sure it kind of fits with me and my life. So yeah. yeah. I've actually I got want... a friend who I've got a friend who might be breeding sausage sausage dogs. <gasps> Don't tell me that. I'm <laughs> really oh that's yeah. so exciting. But yeah, dogs are amazing and I think borrow my doggy is really, really good. Yeah, they're just so good. Like they're such good companions, and they're always happy to see you. And I just, I just love dogs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. what does being an ambassador for them involve? So, um, I only, I think I only joined like last week, but I think there's a lot of like collabs that we're potentially going to do. So, like videos and photos and stuff, and like, like a day in the life of being like a borrow my doggy member. Um, yeah. And I think there's kind of like press stuff and events and stuff that I can potentially go to or help out at and kind of like, it's all about kind of raising the message, I think. And from my perspective, as like someone who's spoken to a lot of people who like really like dogs in terms of like um, support with, you know, people who are neurodiverse, I think they're like really great kind of like support animals. And I think I'll be doing it from that kind of angle. I think a lot of people are obviously doing it from like, you know, companionship and just, you know, lockdown and stuff like that. But I think for me, just, you know, anyone who's autistic or like I've spoken to people who have like autism, like assistance dogs, they just sound like brilliant. So I'm kind of interested to explore that sort of thing because I think that's not as well sort of represented how yeah like, that helpful sounds really they good be. I think there's lots of barriers involved in owning a dog yeah it's not like you just go and get one and that's it mm-hmm. you know they, they cost money you yeah. know to buy or mm-hmm. you know or, or if you rescue one but there's obviously you've got to feed them you've got vets bills you you need to make yeah. sure they fit into your life so if exactly. you work or go away a lot not everybody can own a dog but mm-hmm. 
that doesn't mean that they don't want to spend time with dogs so it's a really good opportunity exactly I think so I think it can be suited for so many different people and just you know you're helping like other people out and also like when I I walked to sausage at the weekend it got me out in my local community and I'm you know met someone because of their dog and could and I had like something to talk about whereas you know being autistic I find it quite difficult to start a conversation but because I was walking this person's dog I could just quiz her about this dog for like an hour and it was great so it was good for that (laughs) so will you will you walk that dog regularly I hope so um I I really want to it's so cute yeah sausage dogs are really cute (laughs) lovely I love their temperament (laughs) yeah I like little scruffy terriers but I can see the appeal of a sausage dog yeah just I'm do you know what I'm not fussy as long as it's not a massive dog I'm I'm used to a beagle so I can do up to medium (laughs) size (laughs) well yeah dogs are great um so um also I was really interested in this is probably a long time back now but you used to do a radio show at hospital I did yeah that was a very long time ago (laughs) um I just wondered because Obviously, like you, you weren't diagnosed as autistic then, but you had your sensory difficulties. Is that not a like a scary thing to do? Very. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you get into that? I think I like I did some work experience when I was at secondary school for like a local radio station, and I did really enjoy it. But it was all kind of like pre-recorded stuff, and I thought, oh, like a lot of kind of presenters and stuff start out in the hospital radio. And I kind of had a look at my local hospital and they did at the time have a hospital radio. They don't anymore. But um, this was like, I could probably say when I was maybe 17, 18 and I'm now 27. So like 10 years ago. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just saw that they did like a kind of trainee scheme. It was like voluntary. but They like kind of teach you up and you'd go around the wards and get like requests for songs and just just say hi to people when they don't, you know, have visitors and stuff. So yeah, it was really good. We were based in like the basement of this like local hospital. Yeah. And it was like a huge like collection of like CDs and vinyls and mini discs. It was like really like kind of back in the day. Um, yeah, that would be really it, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And it kind of taught me the fundamentals and some like social stuff as well in terms of visiting people and, you know, just having a chat because you're the only person they've seen all day kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really, it was really good. Um until they they had to kind of shut down because a lot of people weren't listening to radio in hospitals they were bringing in their own iPods and stuff so downloading and yeah yeah it was good while it lasted and it gave me so much like um experience um to kind of do my own thing because I'm a huge fan of the radio I still listen to the radio oh Um, me too I love it (laughs) and as a kid I wanted to be a radio DJ and I used to sit with my ghetto blaster and record myself presenting and oh really (laughs) yeah that's what I wanted to do and then Mm -hmm. Obviously, as I got older, my confidence went. I thought, I don't think I could do that. And now I feel like I'm growing in confidence again. Mm-hmm. It, it could be something I w- I'd be interested in. Um, yeah. So it's a shame, really, because I'll would probably look at my local hospital if they did do that. So it'd be nice to volunteer. Yeah, I'd like, I think some hospitals do still do it. I think it's just maybe the kind of more local ones where there's just not enough volunteers and things like that, I guess. But I yeah. feel like the bigger hospitals might still do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. You're listening to the Sensory Matters podcast with me, Loz. Fast track your understanding of sensory processing difficulties and create helpful strategies to add into your life. Check out my course, Six Weeks to Sensory Perception at sensuli.com. Now let's go back to the podcast. Um, so 
I'm going to switch the, the topic a little bit because mm-hmm. this podcast is going to come out in November, which isn't really Christmas. But what we're trying to do at Sensuli is get people prepared for Christmas because it's a huge thing in the sensory world. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but for me, I, I get really excited and really giddy and then I exhaust myself out. Okay. I get let down by it. Right. Um, so I need to make sure that I take it in small chunks mm-hmm. to burn myself out around Christmas really easily. Okay. No, that, that does make sense. It is a bit, I don't know, like it feels like a very rushed time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I think it starts really early, which is why I feel bad about, you know, putting a podcast out in November that's talking about Christmas. But I just think there's so many people out there that don't know how to handle it. Yeah. No, no, no. I think it's it's good to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Christmas? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's not that I hate it. I just, I find it very difficult. And I find, you know, kind of like pre-pandemic, like it was always kind of spent with a lot of family. And as much as I love my family, I'm not very good at kind of processing stuff in large groups of people. And I find it quite just full on I think and I, I don't love the whole hype around yeah. it um I love I love giving presents that's my main kind of thing about Christmas that I love and I enjoy kind of finding things that will make people smile but I the whole well. festivities is not my thing <laughs> yeah no I'm the same I absolutely love getting people presents and I was talking to, to Jenny in, in the team meeting this morning about how I'm just away in an ADHD assessment and okay. I struggle because I want to buy everybody everything mm-hmm and I'm <laughs> yeah and it's like I don't have the money but I'll spend it and then I end up in a big mess um, and yeah. but I just really enjoy the buying people presents that just to see the look on their faces yeah exactly that's what it's I think Christmas is all about in in some way is the kind of giving bit really yeah. not all the kind of decorative like you know full-on stuff and food and things it's all a yeah. bit much <laughs> and I think because uh, you said you were diagnosed with sensory processing difficulties at eight Yes. So was Christmas a big thing for you as a child? Did it affect your senses massively? I think I always felt very overwhelmed around kind of Christmas time. And I would always kind of escape to a quiet room, like during the kind of festive kind of things where you had like family round or you have to go round and visit family. And I think my family were pretty accepting of it and kind of knew that I needed that time and space to come back, kind of recharge. So I think I have always found it difficult and I think just just knowing when to step back is really important and just take a break (laughs) yeah and I think that having somewhere to go like you said before the pandemic you had a lot of family would get together so were you always okay to just kind of go into a a breakout place and and have your own time yeah and also my brother's um autistic as well so I'd just be like should we just like slope off for a bit and just (laughs) so it would be like two of us just sat in a quiet room so actually it's quite handy to like be able to be like do you fancy sitting in the quiet (laughs) yeah that works quite well (laughs) yeah and I suppose if there's quite a lot of people it means there's lots of people to keep everybody occupied yeah they don't realize most of the time it's all good (laughs) but yeah that's what one of my biggest tips is to have like a safe space to go because we don't have a lot of family around we have quite a quiet low-key Christmas Mm -hmm. but for Jamie in particular because Jamie's probably affected by the senses the worst uh, I I say to them you know you go in your room whenever you want you don't have to stay down here if you Mm -hmm. want to open one present and then go back upstairs you can leave them till January it really doesn't matter that's good that's nice (laughs) so yeah so a lot I mean Jamie spends a lot of time in their bedroom anyway but Mm -hmm. Christmas it's like 
I think people feel that they should be around family. Yeah, it's tricky. It's yeah. finding that balance. But if you're quite accepting of the fact that, you know, you can do what you want, go wherever you want as you please, I think that's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that happened because at first, as a, a new parent, I was very much, I need to have the best Christmas and mm. I need it to be amazing and it's got to be like a home alone effect. And, right. <laughs> yeah, so like as a, as a new parent, that's how I felt. So I remember quite early on being quite disappointed that Christmas didn't kind of go the way that I was expecting it to. Okay. But then obviously then learning Jamie's needs and yeah. my son's also autistic and then I'm autistic and I'm pretty certain that my husband is neurodiverse as well. Mm-hmm. I think we all kind of, like once I've settled down, because that's my thing, I get hyped up. Once mm-hmm. I settle down and realise that it's not as big as I think it is, then it's yeah. okay. Oh, that's good at least you've you've kind of come to that realization at least you kind of know that you might get that way or that you know yeah, that and time my children to... have learned a lot that because I get hyped up about a lot of things so mm-hmm. I can be like asking questions constantly about something and they know that it's just how I am they used to get quite upset by it mm-hmm. where now they're like let mom finish and then they'll laugh at me and say you just want to stop talking will you <laughs> Oh, bless. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really get me, which is good. Oh, that's nice. So will you be spending Christmas with family this year? I'm I'm guessing so. I think a lot, like, my family really missed, like, seeing each other, and I'm sure so, so many other families did. Um, yeah. I think it will be a bit weird to do that again, because I'm yeah. just not in the swing, like, the swing of, you know, being in a group of people yet, which... Yeah, I think you know. it's really weird, because, like, last Christmas, we were supposed to be allowed that one day, yeah but and then we, it was we allowed three days weren't we and then it was one day and it all was a bit well what's happening exactly and then it was kind of like taken away from everyone and yeah it didn't really happen yeah it was it was weird yeah but I mean we we made the most of it we just like saw the grandparents and stuff mm-hmm. but I think yeah I, I feel like it's a bit of an unknown this year yeah it feels a bit kind of I don't know unstructured so far that you're not quite yeah. sure what you can and can't do <laughs> I know uh, because it's like we had that freedom day or whatever it was called and we're kind of like going back to whatever normal is but mm-hmm. Jamie's school there's got loads of cases of COVID at the moment so Jamie's not really? at school and it I, I don't feel like we're moving forward no it's tricky especially like different areas as well where it's more kind of like you know it's hit harder than yeah other places it's really difficult to know when normal's going to be a thing whatever normal yeah. is <laughs> have you managed to avoid covid or, or have you had I it? have yeah no I haven't I haven't had it luckily I think I think just working from home has has really helped that because yeah. I wasn't mixing with people at work yeah um, so, yeah luckily so far I've been all right yeah so I suppose that's a a point for like still working from home yeah yeah I've, it's difficult I think it, yeah because we've kind of got the choice at the moment with Jamie we can send them to school but I think there was like five teachers have tested positive the bus drivers tested positive and I think Jamie has enough problems with health anyway yeah that's true I don't really want them to get yeah. COVID yeah I can I can see why <laughs> yeah um, so how have you coped during the whole pandemic because I know a lot of autistic people have loved it not, yeah, not love the pandemic, but love being like kind of on their own. Yeah. And I think it's. I found it difficult initially because I think I was in a routine of going to work. But yeah. once I found a routine of you know getting up in time for you know sitting at my desk and stuff, and um, I kind of moved out 
in July. So now I've got my own like separate room because before I was working in my bedroom. So it's yeah. really helpful to be able to shut the door on like a kind of office space. So um, I found it it's really worked quite well for me. And I think I think the only bad thing is that a lot of us are now very like desensitized to the world to now when when I'm just like walking by road and stuff like everything's that much noisier and I know it isn't it's the same level it probably was before but because I haven't been out in the world as much yeah. I feel like my practice has gone <laughs> yeah, definitely, so, because that's one yeah. of the things we've always worked on with Jamie was um going out and it would start with headphones and then we'd try 10 minutes with headphones and then next time we'd go back and do like nine minutes with headphones one minute without okay Oh, that's and that's good. how we kind of built Jamie up to be able to go to places that they wanted to go, like out for meals and things. Yeah. But now, because we haven't had that, it's like starting again. Yeah. Yeah. You've just lost all that like progress. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I feel that definitely. <laughs> so it was moving difficult during, during all of this. So I moved in July. So kind of, it was less lockdowny. Um, yeah. But I think I was kind of ready for my own space I think um yes yeah. I've lived with my parents um like all my life um and I didn't move out for university so this is my first like time moving out yeah um, and I think I was yeah just ready to have my own space because I had quite a small bedroom at my parents um, yeah so it's been nice to have that kind of independence I think um but it was it was tricky like sensory wise and stuff and Making yeah, sure that, I... that moving house and having a baby and all those big things in life are really stressful um, yeah. and I definitely find moving house very stressful mm-hmm. I think I I think it was good in a way because I didn't know what to expect because I'd never moved out so yeah. I almost didn't couldn't get too worried about it because I didn't have anything to compare it to yeah um, and I just had to do it so I did it and now feel kind of more settled I think <laughs> yeah and were your parents quite anxious I think so I think my mum was especially just because you know she's she kind of knows me almost as well as I know myself like she's the next person who knows me as well and I think she knew like all the sensory stuff that I was gonna you know potentially come into like you know contact with so yeah I think I think she was worried but I keep I keep in very regular contact I don't live that far away so (laughs) luckily if I have any problems my mum is literally like 45 minutes away so it's not too bad yeah (laughs) yeah because I think as a parent that's one of my biggest um things is when they do decide that that they want to go and Mm -hmm. I can see uh, my youngest moving out sooner than Jamie and it's quite scary Mm -hmm. I think that's that's what my parents found as well because my sister moved out for uni and just kept moving out and I was the eldest still there so it is interesting like when your children decide to actually like when it's right for them so I can see how that's it's quite difficult to see like someone younger go first yeah yeah and <laughs> did you not want that uni experience of moving out well I I decided to study at a university that was a 20 minute drive away from me so I was oh, quite yeah. lucky in that actually I thought, you know what, I could probably save money by not moving out. And I don't yeah. think I was ready at like the age of 20, 21 to move out. I was still quite like um, struggling kind of sensory wise and obviously didn't realise I was autistic right the way through university. Yeah. So that didn't help. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it worked quite well that I could just drive and I didn't have to get like a maintenance loan for uni. I just had the um, yeah. student loan. For and you get to course. avoid all of those overwhelming 
situation. Yeah. So I've, got, I've got a few friends that are at uni at the moment who are autistic with sensory issues mm-hmm. and I know they struggle. They're, they've actually found that being not in lockdown was a bit easier for them because they could do the work from home. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's it's tricky. I think also being able to commute in, you you kind you can get out of kind of university like I don't know, SU parties to be like, oh I've got to commute back, you know, I've got yeah. to go home. So I got out of those quite well. <laughs> it was yeah. a good excuse <laughs> to Definitely. not be on campus. Um so uh, I've got a question to ask you before we finish up. Mm-hmm. And that is, do you have a favourite chewy gem? Oh, oh, that's such a big question. I know, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I've decided that I'm going to ask everybody that now. Oh, that's a really good question. I think, oh, I've got such a range. I think it would have to be the raindrop. I love really? it. Yeah. yeah. It's the kind of, I don't know, it's the like petrol coloured one. The like, I don't know what the actual the blue and the greeny mix yes is it like yeah. an aura one or something? yeah that is my favorite because I like that it's quite flexible and it's not like a massively chunky chew but yeah. I also like how it looks as well and it's kind of a little bit glittery so I think I would say that's my favorite <laughs> yeah it is it's a lovely a lovely necklace that one and yeah it, um you would never tell that it, it was a piece of steam jewelry would you no exactly and, it and it's looks got, so lovely Exactly, and it's like a kind of nice like mix between sort of matte kind of gloss. So yeah, it's a good in between. <laughs> what did you think of the infinity pendant? Because I know we've recently sent you. Yeah, I really that. like it. I like the metallic kind of um, looking ones a bit. Like the raindrop is kind of a little yeah. bit kind of shimmery. That's yeah. the word. Yeah, um, and I quite like the size of it. It's not too chunky. Like I have the like berries, which I really like, but they are just that little bit more chunkier and yeah. kind of something I use kind of at home whereas yeah. I feel like the raindrop and the, and the infinity pendant I would like wear out and yeah it wouldn't be as heavy so yeah I really like I really like that I think you sent me the like silvery one which is really pretty yeah because I'm not a gloss fan normally I prefer the matte ones mm-hmm. but when the infinity came and I was mesmerized by the sparkles on it at first yeah um but the raindrop for me is a bit too chunky still okay where the infinity's got a little bit more flex Mm-hmm. and it just yeah I really like it there's definitely I don't know I feel like with every different chewy gem there's like a different like use for it or a different time where I'm like oh I need to take this one out or I need to use this one so it's good to have the like a range <laughs> yeah definitely because <laughs> just some days you're like oh I really fancy wearing that one <laughs> yeah oh well I'm sure we'll be bringing some more new products out at some point so we'll be sending mm-hmm. you some more in the future Oh, that's exciting. I've got a video coming out soon, which I've done on the kind of Infinity one that you sent me. So yeah. hopefully that'll be out by the time this is out. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Uh, but thank you so much for giving up your time to speak to me no today. Worry. It's been it's really nice, nice to catch, to catch up. up. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, <laughs> and I just wish you luck with whatever you're doing in, in the future and hopefully things will, will go well for Christmas. Yeah. Thank you. I hope for you and Jamie and the rest of your family it goes well too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really nice to chat and um, hopefully chat again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah.